5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I mean, I know. I agree. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It is uh, Patrick Johnson welcoming you on. uh, Well, yeah, that's what day it is. You're right. You're exactly right. You're exactly. Wait a minute. It is Eric Graham's birthday today. Happy birthday, Big E. I heard this was his favorite song. Our guy, Big E. No, wait a minute. Don't impugn the good name of Big E. Eric Graham. That's a good song. You think you're clever, don't you, Ben? You think you're a smart guy, don't you? I'm not playing this for any particular reason except it's Big E's birthday, and I thought he would love this song. It is, um, I guess, uh, some sort of national pot holiday or something. I wouldn't know anything about that. What I've been bombarded with all day. I'm only 19 years old. I don't know anything about any God, kind of you're plant that young. Anything. Are you really? God, I talked to you. I've talked to you since day one, like you were. Uh, <laughs> I'm a strapping young lad, an adult who will punch me back in the mouth. It's now a suit. Hey, you are a suit. That's a quick ascension. Uh, it's great to be here. Nice to have everybody uh, with us uh, today. Now, did, did was I in a parallel universe last week? Was I in a different? Uh, studio was i on a different station you know because I, I i'm a busy guy i got a lot of things that go on in the given week i got a lot of moving parts in my life a lot of professional moving parts as well and you know there are times that i broadcast for uh, other outlets a lot of tv here lately i know hard to believe but when you're this good looking and intelligent they can't they can't keep you off the tube and so i'm just wondering did i miss when Mike Houston was in the studio last week and said they were going to have a spring game. No, I remember that. Or a spring day. scrimmage. Okay, I'm just making sure. Because there seems Breaking to be a lot news of... news all of a sudden. So, well, there seems to be a lot of people. Look, in the world of media, and I've been doing this now for 26 years, maybe. Wow. Yee. So I started like you when I was a young man. Yikes. Um, so... A lot of people in the media love to, two things. They love to listen to themselves, and other media members love to listen to other media members. It's kind of what's wrong with the national media. Yep. And and to a degree, the local media, not I'm calling out anybody in particular in this market. I'm just saying in local markets, it does happen quite a lot as well. And, um, But then there's also these people who are just in their own echo chambers, their own world, with their very minute niche audience. And they pay no attention to you know, what goes on at outlets with a more broad audience, i.e. 94.3 The Game. Might, might have something to do with what today is, you know. So. <laughs> it might. It might. A little foggy. Yeah, maybe. But there are people with like 10 followers and no audience hey. claiming they broke 
this big, oh, there's going to be a spring game this weekend. Like, they're all shocked about it. Let's play Exhibit A here. Let's let's go on the way, way back machine. We have spring. It may not be wait a the minute, most let me ideal spring. Wait, 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 wait. Right. Way, way back machine to last Wednesday. Intern Joe's in the house. You weren't here last Wednesday, were you? No. Brian. Well, no wonder. Robot. That explains a, a lot. By the way, Ben Byram, our producer today, speaking of Coach Houston, because, yeah, he cut some Hey Ben's for us. Hey Ben. See? Hey Ben, hit that cut. Exactly. Hey ben. Hit that cut, Ben, because this is what Mike Houston told us a week ago. We have spring. It may not be the most ideal spring ball, but we got spring ball. Yeah, uh, it's it's better than last year. You know, it's not uh, it's not ideal. You know, we're still dealing with uh, with COVID stuff, but uh, but we are practicing and uh, and you know we're you know we're back. I, I told uh, John Gilbert I was talking to him this afternoon. I told him I, I feel like we're we're back to where we were when we went on pause. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think we, we had a very physical practice yesterday and. Uh, we're getting a lot of the guys back, uh, you know, later this week and early next week. So uh, we should have most of the roster available for the last week of practice. Okay, which goes into uh, we're a week from Saturday. We're having our spring scrimmage. I know right. We said we're not having a spring game. Right. We're yeah. having a spring game. It's just <laughs> you know, just not with all the bells and, and right. pageantry and whistles. Yeah, I mean, we'll have we'll have a lot of parents there, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have some recruits there and stuff right. and. Uh, you know, any of the fans that are, um, you know, in the area, they're welcome to come watch. It's it's going to be open, but okay, um, yeah, the kids are pretty excited about it. That's a week from Saturday. Yeah. Now, that was last week, meaning this upcoming Saturday, a spring scrimmage. He said it. One o'clock. From the man himself. But because it's like when we did the thing when he was hired. We were first one to report that. First one, and Every, everyone got an no, uproar. Oh, well, I mean, we can't. We got to verify it. Can't believe that they reported it ahead of everybody else. Go ahead, Steve. No, come on. But still. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about. Yeah. There's a lot of. I guess if your deal is, well, we can't be dividers and, and tear people down, right? You know. Because we've got to do Chancellor, and and you know we kind of like the new AD, and so we can't. We like the coaches, so we can't tear. St- so in other words, our 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 shtick to be dividers ain't working because it doesn't work now. Yep. So let's just claim we're first with everything when we're a week behind everybody else. <sighs> All right. I I just I I I usually just don't gripe about a lot of these things because i mean one I, I just don't care number two it's annoying it's really annoying. but i mean this 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 whole thing and, and look some of the people have acknowledged hey that he said this a week ago on this show and they've actually linked to the podcast and and all that but still. seen a few of those and i'm very grateful for no them. no i mean, I mean we're yeah. appreciative and look we, we credit people when uh they break news and i did i did consider it breaking news of the magnitude that but i mean Again, I think if you're in an echo chamber and you're on your own world, look, I understand. Look, I, I I realized a long time ago nobody's hanging on every word I'm saying. Trust me, I know that. The only person that cares I'm on the radio is my mom. Seriously. But I mean, it was uh, all right. Moving on. There's word that just came out in the last little bit that your Carolina Panthers, Ben, are willing to deal the eighth pick. You know what? I don't I don't mind that because that can get all this Kyle Pitts crap out of the way you know it can get all the any news about a quarterback 
Get that out of the way. Yeah, we could forget about corner. We could trade down and get our guy Slater. Another tackle. Don't overthink it. Still stick with the tackle. Now where's Slater? Give me the four one one on him. What's the deal? He's supposed to be the second best tackle in the draft. Some people even think he's the best tackle in the draft. I gotcha. tend to disagree, but he's from Northwestern. He's pretty good. Had okay. a really good pro day. Big guy, isn't he? He's a, yeah, he's like awesome. a, a huge guy, right? I mean, as far as like height and weight, he's a mountain. He is, and that's what those Big Ten linemen are. He's a hog molly, as our guy Dave Gettleman likes to say. Oh, geez, a mighty. You got to find the Gettleman where he calls him a hog molly. We'll get use that as a drop as well. Um, they have um, decided, or they have actually worked very hard. Uh, I guess utility people and other people have from law enforcement. Did you see that awful, awful wreck? Earlier today, across from I was stuck in that Ruby traffic. Tuesday, did you yep. see you were stuck? Oh, I mean, I, you know, there was live video. Chris Godley, who I think is still in the building here, has a, an office. You know, he um, had that on his on a, like a Facebook Live, and it was just so terrible. This accident. Apparently, these these guys were being pursued by police, and they ran a light and they t boned a truck. And yikes! Ah, uh, it's just so sad. But they have, in the last few minutes, apparently, within the last hour, actually, have uh, reopened uh, the road there, South Memorial. So that's good. Two of the three southbound lanes have reopened. If you can find another way to avoid that, if you're use that route to get home or, or whatever this time of day, you probably want to do that because even with one lane still closed. It's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. And I think for the most part, a lot of people have done a good job of uh, that today. I actually uh, have avoided uh, that part of town totally today. Like, driven way around the proverbial elbow to get to the thumb to uh, to avoid that part of town today. But uh, Caught it too late. Gosh, I ran right into yeah, it. Yeah, what a terrible uh, what, a, what a terrible scene that was. And Apparently, the people that were in the car that were, were being pursued by police are in really, really bad shape. But, gosh, you just hope that the person in the truck who suffered apparent serious injuries is going to be okay. Um, all right. Uh, got Brian Mole coming up bottom of the hour. HV3. Uh, we'll talk a little Harold Varner III. Uh, we'll talk Wes Miller getting hired by Cincinnati. That happened over the weekend. That's a big get. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I'm very excited. Not that I'm not excited to talk to Mull, but I'm very excited about the rest of the week. We're on another one of the shortened weeks because of baseball. But um, I'm really excited about tomorrow's show. Dave Parker has a new book out, the NL MVP, the We Are Family uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. We're going to have him on the show with us. I'm excited about that. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I also am excited about uh, Thursday show because we have Donnie K on Donnie Kirkpatrick ECU offensive coordinator joins us. You know why I'm most excited about having Donnie Kirkpatrick on? Like it's a good old time. Two or three questions and that's all I have to talk <laughs> that day. I'm thrilled about. No, we'll take it from there. It'll become his show. I love when Donnie is on because Donnie just is such such a great linguist. It's great to have him. I'll tell on. you every detail, anything you want to know. He, he leaves no stone unturned. So if you have any questions, uh, hit me up on the social media. 
uh, at P-Man on air if there's any Donnie Kirkpatrick questions or just message me. Slide into our, our DMs or my DMs. As long as it's not about the running back room. We've heard enough about the running what? back room. <laughs> running back room is deep or is talent deep, rich, but just not very deep right now. That, I think that's a fair thing to say, wouldn't you? It's a uh, certainly talent very top heavy. rich. Well, there's not anything really at the bottom, so it's yeah, just, it's just it's top just, heavy. Yeah, that, that would be one way to describe it. All right, um, grab a break here. Oh, we're gonna do bow jangles. Okay, yeah, let's do a little bow jangles today. Two five two five six one game. Two five two five six one four two six three. What caller do you want to do, Benjamin? Caller seven. seven. All right, two five two five six one game. You'll win a uh, Bojangles gift card that will uh, be yours. Two five two five six one game. Caller seven. And uh, if you have a statement or a question, we'll be happy to uh, uh, put you on the air and do that as well. But if you're caller seven, you'll win a Bojangles gift card. And that's uh, pretty big uh, happenings. Uh, our pirate report is coming up. Cliff Godwin spoke today, and we have a champion golfer. For ECU women, the uh, team were doing what was doing well, but they ended up placing third. Uh, we'll tell you about uh, some of the deets on that, and also the champion golfer on the other side. Uh, caller seven two five two five six one game two five two five six one four two six three, and you will be a winner of a Bojangles gift card. We'll be back. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go. Hot, hot. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 943 The Game. So I'm coming over. I hope it's all right. Listen for me pulling in the old drive. Look out your window and see my lights. Baby, baby. girl, I gotta see the night. All right, it is uh, going to be 54 tonight for a low. Uh, and then tomorrow, about a 30% chance of rain. But um, it's going to be really, really windy at times tomorrow. going to get warm and then very cold. Low of 37 tomorrow night. Yikes. Thursday, 63 lots of sun. 34 Thursday night. And then 68 on uh, Friday with sun. Looking at rain uh, for Saturday, so that might uh, create some problems with the baseball schedule. Higher baseball returning to the airwaves uh, here of 94.3 The Game on Friday. That will be uh, a 12.45 airtime with a 1 o'clock first pitch. And then uh, game two of the doubleheader following against uh, UCF. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Cliff Godwin in just uh, a little bit. In fact, we'll hear from him here in just a moment. Because we have our pirate report coming your way right now. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, ECU's women's golf team placing third, Ben, at the uh, conference championships. They started the day in a tie for first. But uh, the big story today uh, is uh, the uh, championship that is uh, won by uh, an individual member of the uh, ECU golf team. Ben, I'm not finding this on my uh, screen here. Oh, now I found it. Here it is. 
So the uh, American Athletic Conference Women's Golf Champion for the year 2021 is uh, Dorothea Forbridge, uh, and she is uh, of Norwegian descent, and uh, she's bringing home an individual conference championship. She is on, on to the NCAA regional. So congratulations there we to go. her. How cool is that? That's great as far as I'm concerned. I think that's fantastic. Uh, the only player in the field to finish under par at Pinehurst today, Pinehurst number six, uh, one under for the event, 215 uh, for the total day, and now she's headed on to the NCAA regionals. Congratulations to her. That is uh, pretty cool. Uh, Cliff Godwin spoke with uh, assembled members of the media today via Zoom. It was a wacky press conference. Just putting that out there. This, uh, a little news and comment here from you, hey, Ben. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ben. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this was Coach Godwin uh, off the jump on the weekend scrimmages. That, that's not the world we live in, in our program. That's what this problem with society is. They get caught up with what they can't control. I mean, I told our guys, hey, um, the good news is we're together and we can get better during the situation. You think about all the young guys that got at bats, six, seven, eight at bats over the past two scrimmages that we've had and played defense and, you know, being able to get some of the pitchers, you know, a lighter weekend. I mean, Bridgie and Cam just threw one inning on Friday. Um, and, you know, of course, Gavin went four. And so we, we just wanted to manage that. So I think it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, look, you can look at, hey, we were out there. Yeah, we didn't want to fly out there to scrimmage. But at the end of the day, we were able to practice twice on a completely turf field, which will hopefully help us when we go to Wichita State. Will the Houston series, because it was listed originally as postponed, correct, Benjamin? That's correct. And I think we covered this on Friday when we talked to Cliff Godwin. We sure did. Uh, is it, you know, because postponed seems to indicate that it will be made up. Yep. I think he had the same response when you asked him. I said, Coach, it's listed as postponed, but is there any way to make this up? Because if not, it should be canceled. Uh, the assembled media via Zoom asked him that today, and uh, this is what Coach Godwin had to say. I've had, if I've had that question one time, I've had it a thousand times. I mean, look, I'm not no rocket science scientist, but uh, there's nowhere to make them up. So I don't know why the terminology was used postponed. It should have been canceled. There you go. He's right. Right? He already said that. Like you said, he said it many times before. Well, no, I mean, I'm not saying that. You know, but I mean that there's just no way to Oh yeah. Logically now I guess your caveat on that is if there is a uh, if some if something happens, God forbid, uh with a, another series and both teams have their respective opponent unable to play but both can play and it's done in enough time ahead of the deal, they'd probably try to make it up. Somebody asked about it getting made up at the conference championship, which I thought was a little bizarre. I think that's a little bit of a wacky that, idea. Somebody said that at the press conference, yeah. And he kind of just quickly shot that down. I don't understand why you would make that up. I really don't. Cause, uh, or, or at the conference championship. That makes no Makes no sense. Because by then, you now, I, I did find this interesting, apparently, that if you have two series canceled, you get kind of shuffled to the bottom of the uh, rung. Get boot. 
We don't get the boot, but we well, you know you 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 go down and you're the last seed. Yeah. Unless there's multiple teams, and then there's ways, I guess, to solve that. But I mean, it's a neutral. Other than start time on day one, maybe day two. I, I just don't see where that. I mean, it, you probably don't bizarre. Get the, well, you don't get the ideal matchup. But where are we on the list here? Cut three. Uh, so in this kind of wide ranging press conference, the. Uh, Coach Godwin talking about the bid to host a, a regional that went in last week to host uh, the regional and the super regional. This is Cliff Godwin's thoughts. Uh, John, ask JJ and John Gilbert. I, I know that we put a bid in um, like we do every year when we're in a situation to host, but uh, make sure all the media members know this, that we could uh, we can tank this thing on the way down, on the way out, and not have to worry about uh, hosting a regional. So it's very premature to talk about it in my opinion you got to put bids in but it's a very premature thing to talk about it because you have a couple bad weekends and you're going to be not worrying about hosting you're just going to hopefully try to be getting into a regional and this is uh coach godwin talking about uh what he talked about a moment ago with the uh, weekend scrimmages and that was the starters and the work that they uh got in the scrimmage just to kind of stay loose stay sharp but not uh tax themselves yeah, yeah, we try to give them some work um, and not overwork them. Um, the starters, uh, they all started except Smitty because we wanted Spivey to start on Sunday. Smitty threw out the bullpen on uh, Sunday, but it wasn't <clears throat> because Smitty's not going to pitch this Sunday. It was just that we wanted Carter Spivey to go through a starter's routine um, this past weekend. And then uh... – a preview of the matchup against the uh, Golden Knights of the University of Central Florida. The only thing I really know about them, because I haven't dove into them a whole lot, um, I know a couple things. Uh, number one, they went on the road to Ole Miss when Ole Miss was number one in the country. They beat them two out of three. They actually should have swept Ole Miss. Uh, I think Ole Miss had to score two runs in the bottom of the ninth in, in one inning to beat them the one game. They got a real dude on Friday night, Colton Gordon. Uh, we actually recruited him. And uh, so he picked UCF over us, and um, he was pitcher of the week this past week. He's a real dude. I mean, there will be a lot of professional scouts here on Friday to see that matchup between Gordon and Williams. I'm assuming that he's going to go game one. That's who I would throw if I was him because he's pretty good. So we'll have our hands cut out with them, and they're, they're good. Um, I can't keep saying it enough. I mean, it doesn't matter what the record is. Um, they're talented, and if we don't play well, we'll get beat. And uh, we've got here uh, to wrap up comments from Coach Godwin on today's Pirate Report. Uh, you know, one thing that the Pirates didn't get a chance to do, obviously, was play a conference road game. They'll have to wait another week uh, or more than a week for that now. But uh, that'll be something they'll have to do out at Wichita. And uh, this is uh, Coach Godwin uh, talking about that when asked about that question today. You know, Rhonda, yeah, we need to, you know, we've only played eight games on the road. We're four and four. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily something that we are not prepared for. I think that it's just kind of worked out that way. Obviously, our guys feel comfortable at home, especially since fans are allowed back in the stands. But yeah, of course, we would have liked to compete against somebody else. But like I said, it's out of our control, and we're not going to sit here and complain. I mean, it also could work as a positive, and we don't know until we kind of see the way the rest of the season plays out. But I think some of our guys – I mean, Connor Norby being off his feet for the most part all weekend is going to get him fresher for next weekend, which 
is a good thing. Uh, he's still battling that quad, and I think it's going to be something that probably lingers on throughout the entire year, and he's done a great job of managing it, and Womack's done an unbelievable job of keeping him feeling good and wrapping him different ways to just take pressure off that area. Um, but there's a lot of positives that can come out of it as well. And, and I think the, the thing for me is uh, everybody's getting the pitch. Uh, the younger guys that are going to be vital for the stretch run got a ton of quality of bats against really good pitching. I mean, you're facing Gavin Williams and Wisenhunt and Smith and Cooch Maynard and Spivey. It's good for them to get those live at bats um, moving forward. If you want to hear more uh, beyond what Coach Godwin talked about with Connor Norby there, I would suggest you go to 943thegame.com. And relive the magic of uh, the Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin podcast. Drops every Monday, and it is brought to you by uh, the Gavigan Agency and Carolina Digestive Diseases and the Endoscopy Center. Uh, it is uh, really... Uh, you know, those are some good conversations. Cliff has been uh, fabulous with that this year. We've enjoyed uh, talking with him uh, uh, throughout the year, and uh, we'll continue to do that throughout the course of the uh, season. That is today's uh, Pirate Report. Appreciate the guys uh, putting that uh, cut list together. Uh, ben Byram standing by, an update for Bojangles. They serve up those hot, fresh, made-from-scratch buttermilk breakfast biscuits all day, every day. It's bow time, and uh, with an uh, update uh, for everything going on in the world of sports and beyond, here is Ben Byram standing by. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. We start with ECU Women's Golf as part senior Dorothea Forbrig who wins the American Conference Women's Individual Championship, finishing one under at Pondhurst. The team as a whole finished third overall in the event. From the NFL, the Panthers signed former Titans defensive tackle Daquan Jones to a one-year deal worth $4 million. Jones has started every game for the Titans over the last three seasons and racked up 49 tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble last season. Jones is expected to start alongside Derek Brown. This is a stop there for the Panthers. It's been reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter that they're having conversations with other teams about trading down in the draft. Meanwhile, former Panther cornerback Russell Douglas has found a new home with the Las Vegas Raiders. Former Washington football team tight end Jordan Reed has announced his retirement from the NFL due to lingering effects from concussions. And the Pittsburgh Steelers give head coach Mike Tomlin a three-year contract extension through 2024. From college football, former Michigan quarterback Joe Milton, after two months in the transfer portals, announced he'll be transferring to Tennessee. For college basketball, Duke freshman forward Henry Coleman, who started 19 games this past season has announced that he's entered the transfer portal. Sunbelt Player of the Year in Coastal Carolina's Devontae Jones has announced he'll be entering the transfer portal while also declaring for the NBA draft. The NBA Charlotte Hornets are expected to get a huge boost as rookie guard Lamelo Ball has been cleared to resume basketball activities as they're suffering from a fractured right wrist. The team expects Ball to be back in the lineup within seven to ten days. And the Carolina Hurricanes are back in action tonight and look to remain first in the Central Division. They take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are only a point back, confirmed to start in the net for the Canes by head coach Rod Brennamore's Alex Nedeljkovic, while Tampa Bay will likely run with one of the best goalies in the league and Andre Vasilevsky. Here at 94th of the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barman. We return Brian Mole his thoughts on Harold Warner III's performance at RBC Heritage with a lot for the Pirate Pro next. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. (sighs) 
was around But she grew up tall and she grew up right With them Indiana boys on an Indiana night All right, uh, we're back Nice of you to be with us here today Harold Barnard III, a uh, T2 And uh, we heard from HV3 uh, following the RBC Heritage yesterday Brian Mall uh, covering golf and uh, a little college basketball with him uh, here as well. Uh, Harold said he is playing and trying to get into form for his master's uh, or his major, which he referred to uh, the Wells Fargo there at Quell Hollow at Charlotte, which is virtually in his backyard. Uh, and, uh, boy, if he could duplicate uh, what he did uh this past weekend, Brian, he'll, he'll certainly be in fine form uh, for that as we say hello to you here. Hi, Patrick. Uh, yeah, what a uh, what a breakthrough weekend, particularly final round for for Harold. Uh, you know, certainly had had a steady year, but uh, no no great finishes before last week, and to to overcome the adversity that he did, hitting his ball out of bounds on the first hole, and then uh, hitting a ball in the water off the tee on ten and keeping a pretty clean card and shooting 66 with a birdie there at the last, uh, he should take a ton of confidence from that. And, uh, you know, heading down to new Orleans this week to play with the uber talented Brandon grace, who won earlier this year in Puerto Rico. That should be a strong, strong pairing. And then certainly I know he would love to peak at the Wells Fargo. And, uh, I'm not sure if Harold is in the PGA championship yet, but, uh, he could certainly lock that up if he hasn't already, which is coming up in a few weeks down at Kiowa. We got uh, Brian Mole with us at BG Mole on Twitter, uh, covering uh, the Masters, also uh, other golf. Uh, we are you going to go to Wells Fargo Caddy Network or anybody else? Are you uh, are you planning on doing that? By the way, I meant to ask you that the other day. Uh, off air. Yeah, I may get up there. For, I may get up there for a day or two. I don't know that I would stay the, the whole week, but uh, I may um, I may make it up there for, for a day or two. Gotcha. For gotcha. sure. Hey, I want to ask you a little bit about um, you know what, what Harold's score score fifteen under. I mean, usually that's a winning number in uh, Hilton Head. Uh, if not for just uh, Stuart Sink's uh, epic first two rounds, you know, it would have been a uh, – one could maybe uh, assume Harold would have been in the uh, in the mix to, uh, to maybe pick up his first PGA win. Uh, but hats off to Stuart Sink, who was unbelievable. Uh, as for uh, – you know, as for, for just the overall, and you, you noted a couple of things that he did – uh, that, you know, it's those recovery shots, but I mean, it, all in all, it, it's been that one round or maybe that one series of holds in a certain round that have been HV threes undoing in a lot of these things, but here he is, um, you know, put it together, didn't get uh, shook, uh, didn't get rattled and, uh, stayed with it and did a fine job, uh, uh, putting together four very consistent rounds this past week. Yeah, I think that speaks to his experience, you know, his maturity as a professional golfer, uh, being on that stage and having been in the situation numerous times and, and learning from, uh, you know, some mistakes and uh, perhaps understanding that you don't have to be perfect. I think sometimes when younger players get in contention on the weekend, they feel like they have to play perfectly to win the tournament, and that's certainly not the case. And, uh, you know, you just got to keep the big number off the card, which he did. And, Again, you can only control what you do in golf. Like you said, Stuart Sink 
practically won the tournament on Friday with, you know, back-to-back 63s, put it in a position where somebody was going to have to shoot an outlandish score on the weekend to catch him, and hats off, like you said, but but 15-under is, is, is a great score any week, and that's all you can control as a player, and uh, I think the birdie on 18, if, if nothing else, knowing that that was, uh, I mean, look, let's be honest, it was worth a lot of points and a lot of cash, and uh you know that as a player in the back of your mind, and then to convert there on a hole where there weren't many birdies made on Sunday, I think showed a lot of a lot of guts and a lot of talent, which we all know he has. Uh, we're talking to Brian Mall uh, with us uh, here, talking a little golf with uh, him uh, as we uh, talk. Harold Varner, our friend and colleague, uh, ECU golf alum, former PGA professional, does a fabulous job broadcasting for uh, PGA Live and uh, any other. Uh, events that he was on. He was on Masters uh, Radio doing a fabulous job. Uh, but uh, the the pirate, in more ways than one, the great John McGinnis uh, told us on this show that uh, he really believes when Harold does win and finally breaks through, it will be probably uh, one of the most, if not the most popular victory uh, that given season on the tour. Uh, you know, Harold's charming. Harold's very well liked, uh, very well liked, but he's also very likable. I mean, uh, you know the the audio we played yesterday. That just watching him in the video that we plucked that audio from, uh, from uh, the PGA Tour. I mean, you could tell he's he's just a charming, uh, down to earth guy. And by gosh, when he finally does break through, I think people are going to be excited. I agree. I mean, he he is uh, certainly one of the more popular players in the locker room, on the tour, and obviously, if you've ever. Get see Harold strike a golf ball in person. That's super impressive. Much you know, just like anybody else who's out there with their name on their bag. But, but the one thing that stands out about him day to day, whether he shot sixty six or seventy six, is his attitude. And uh, within a group, always just seems to be enjoying himself, uh, enjoying the opportunity to play on the professional golf tour. To to not see it as a job as much as you know i mean understand you take it seriously but also to to enjoy it as a a game and uh i think that that attitude uh, you know anytime i've ever really heard him talk about you know his goals and he just says i want to get better and uh, if i keep getting better everything will take care of itself and i think he got better on sunday uh by by delivering a a a good round there in a spot and uh you know had Stuart sink slipped up he, he would have been in a position to catch him and uh, that's all you can do. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, it, John McGinnis is absolutely right. It, it would be extremely popular, um, not only with, among his peers, but, but among uh, golf fans in general. We got Brian Mull with us here. Let me ask you a little bit about, uh, the event this weekend down in new Orleans. Uh, he'll be paired, uh, up and, uh, give us, you know, a little bit of, of insight. How to this, th- how this thing goes this weekend. Yeah, this is uh, you know a change of pace. We we had one a few weeks ago with the match play down in Austin, which was kind of the, the top field. But this is open to everyone. This is a 160 players, 80 two man teams uh, down at the TPC Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans there, and they play two different formats. Uh, they play best ball right. in the first and third round. This is the which, Zurich uh, Classic. Most folks group. are familiar sorry, with. You know, both guys hold out and yeah. take the best score. And then uh, alternate shot in the second and fourth rounds, which is uh, the you know you really find out how your relationship is with your partner in that format because you can end up in some in some predicaments. Uh, and uh, they'll cut the field to the low thirty three in ties, replicating the you know sixty five that they cut it to in a normal week. And 
Um, you know, I think uh, it's a more relaxed event than some, but at the same time, there's there's a lot of points and money on the line, and uh, you know, I think it's just kind of nice to break it up the monotony of four round, seventy two hole stroke play events. We've got uh, Brian Mull, uh on the line with us here. I want to shift gears just a little bit of college basketball uh, really quick. The big uh, news over the weekend uh, in the American was the hiring of Wes Miller as uh, the uh, coach. I think it actually was made rumblings on Thursday, but made official on, on Friday, I believe. Anyway, uh, point being that, uh, boy, what a great hire for the Bearcats. And I, and I think for Wes Miller, a logical next step for him after – just doing tremendous things, building the UNCG program. Yeah, Wes is, uh, by all accounts, anyone who's spent any time around him or watched his teams play, a rising star in the business and had certainly elevated Greensboro to unprecedented heights during his time there. One of the more consistent programs, turning out 25 wins, a couple of NCAA tournament appearances, always a contender in a very good league at the top for the regular season. Uh played a strong non-conference schedule and you know these teams had a very clear identity really defended and and were tough and um you know he, he recruited very well and I, I think that was it was an excellent hire by Cincinnati uh and you know a difficult situation for him to go into that's a that's a you know a kind of a, a troubled spot at the moment but it won't take him long to turn it around and you know you reach a point in the Southern Conference or at a UNC Greensboro where that you've done all you can and I know he's looking forward to the challenge of, of you know, one of the top six or seven leagues in the in the country, and and, and butting heads with the Wichitas and and Houston's and Memphis's and, and East Carolinas, and, and and you know trying to to figure out like you know just uh, keep getting better and uh, see if he can he can do the same thing there that he did at Greensboro. The uh, Bearcats really don't have, uh, or they really do have a lot of young talent now. If he can you know, get those guys, uh, to return the majority of them. Uh, this would be a, uh, a team you would think under what Wes Miller likes to do in the style he likes to play that within a couple of years, uh, would be competing for, uh, championships in the AAC because, uh, he just did a, a phenomenal job. Now let's not paint Wes Miller's this overnight sensation. Wes Miller, to me, what makes him actually such a great coach is, uh, what he initially tried at UNCG really wasn't working. And so he made some adjustments to to what he did and what he preached as a philosophy within his program, and and that's when they started to win games. Yeah, he was about two or three years in there, and he had had a little bit of success early the year uh, when he took over the team midseason as interim coach, and then he got the job, and then he struggled. And folks were wondering if they'd made the right move. I mean, he was awfully young. He had no head coaching experience, and he uh, he had a – he ended up on a, on an airplane with with Larry Brown and some other folks, and uh, ended up getting uh, picking picking the brain about that one three one full court zone defense. Uh, he and his staff had watched the DVD, and uh, they they really wanted to to kind of try to not only uh, build a program on on the defensive end, but have a unique style that they could recruit to, and and. That's what he did. Yeah, he started over basically. He he, they they played at a more deliberate pace on offense, and and really forced turnovers on the defensive end, and and made it difficult for opponents to score, and and, and recruited a lot of long, athletic guys on the on the wings, and, and and a rim protector on on all of his good teams there, and 
and it'll be interesting. I would imagine he would try to play the, a similar style at Cincinnati. Of course, the higher you go up, the more difficult it is to press teams because there's more good guards. But uh, I would imagine it will certainly be uh, some version of that that we'll see in the American. And uh, yeah, like you said, re-recruiting the guys. There's some talent there, but he's got to he's got to get all those guys to come back and then add a few more pieces. You uh, and I know, especially you. Of course, you know Wes fairly well too, but. Uh, you know uh, Mike Jones, who's now taken over at UNCG. So, I mean, look for the UNC-Greensboro program to continue to be pretty darn good uh, because uh, that guy came from Radford. He did really a sensational job at a tough place to win in, at Radford. Yeah, you will not find a better human being in coaching than Mike Jones, first and foremost. I mean, you would send your son to play for him in a heartbeat, but he can really coach the game of basketball. You talk about a a tough, hard-nosed defensive guy and uh, certainly attracted some talent there, starting with Carly Jones, one of the best players, you know, who played his final year at Louisville this past year as a graduate transfer, uh, did sensational things during three years there at Radford, and, you know, Mike's been a guy who, who's been a contender for a lot of jobs, and a lot of people wondered why, you know, uh, not that he was necessarily looking, but, but certainly uh, some other schools missed an opportunity to hire him, and, and Greensboro did not. That was, a, that was a great decision. He'll be able to recruit an even higher level there. The facilities at Greensboro are incredible, and a lot of that is, uh, you know, a testament to what Wes did during his tenure there. And uh, I, I would imagine um, they will remain uh, along with Furman, you know, and Wofford as, uh, and, and, and perhaps East Tennessee State, although they had a coaching change as well, as, as kind of the class of that, that Southern Conference going forward. Hey, uh, Brian, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for uh, taking a little bit of time with us, and I, and I hope you are uh, continuing to strike the ball well as you got out on the links today. Okay. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. Uh, have, have a great afternoon. All right. We'll see you. There he goes, Brian Mull. No selling my complimenting his uh, his his ball striking because uh, he was in a mid-am this weekend and hit the ball. With yeah, he's it. like, yeah, I know I'm good. I guess. Just brush it off. That's the case. No, I do think uh, Brian is right there. I think it's just a matter of time for Harold because uh, he played very good, consistent, relaxed golf this weekend. And uh, it's, it's tough to duplicate that, but uh, let's hope that that will be the uh, – the case and that Harold will break through uh, sooner rather than later uh, playing in New Orleans at the Zurich. Uh, you know, it was good for him too to play this weekend, got a chance to, you know, obviously leave Sunday, get home for a couple days before he flies down to New Orleans. So uh, that's been a good thing. Harold, I think, is in a really good place right now. And uh, we're uh, hoping to be talking to Harold uh, soon. We're working on that right now to get him uh, on with us. But this is a busy stretch for him uh, ahead of the next major. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back and get ready to uh, wrap things up on this uh, Wednesday. Get you set for the rest of the week as well. Patrick Johnson's show uh, rolls on after this. Ben, I uh, see where Mike Tomlin got a three-year extension in Pittsburgh. I think it's fair. It's a good move. Why not? Look, I'll tell you this. You know what makes a big stability, makes such a big difference? And I mean, they're good, and they're always competitive. But, I mean, what does uh, intern Joe have to say? 
He's on the Twitter. Oh. Told him to get off the Twitter. Oh, I thought he was disagreeing with my point. No, no, no. The, the way I see it, you look at their defense this past year, there was a lot of holes that he was able to kind of. I mean, I didn't say yeah. that he was perfect every year. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think he's a good coach. I think it's a good move. I mean, he's he's really good at coaching guys up who are not necessarily world beaters. And that was evident with their defense this past year when they were 11-0. and and. One of the better defenses in the league for a while. I'm not a fan of uh, the soccer. I'm not either. And this Champions League stuff is all over my Twitter well, is bothering me. So apparently there's this thing called the Super League. I've talked to two really smart soccer people. And someone does say, uh, one has said to me they, they hate the total idea. Another guy Says, you know, this is not a bad idea. It's kind of inevitable. And and there was some other. He went into some. He started giving acronyms and all. And I just glazed over and just uh, moved on to the next thing after, even despite asking him the question. <laughs> much much like yourself, when I I look over there sometimes and I'm I'm making a point on something, just a look of glaze. I had that about <laughs> me. But um, you know, every, everybody is all upraged and or outraged and in an uproar about all this. You know what? This, this is college football is what this is. Yeah. That's essentially what this is. It's a cash grab by the most powerful uh, big-name programs to create their own sandbox to play in. What's going on in Europe with football has been going on even prior to the BCS in many ways. All I'm saying is they had no problem making more leagues and creating a hundred different leagues and make it more complicated before. I mean, why not? I mean, why care now? Well, it's a cash grab is what yeah. it essentially is. Everything and, else like the BCS. and Well, but I mean, yeah. this goes even back, because I, I did a little reading on this day. This goes back even further. I mean, you're looking at 1A and 1, you know, when it was the old 1A and 1AA, now the FCS, FBS. I mean, that's how far you go back with this class system in college football. And that's where this is very, very similar. That's where, to me, this Super League and people's opinions of it, minus James Corden, good Lord. But that's where I, I find the similarities. You know, we're, we're outraged over this, but nobody seems to be outraged over the college football inequity, which has been going on for decades. Oh, yeah. Scream about some sport that nobody cares about. Get soccer out of here. Put teams messy on. Well, in a lot of, but look, in a lot of ways, this will help, uh, I think, make it a little more palatable and interesting to fans in America. Yeah, it, it definitely... Because like, like the national championship and the college football playoff, it's a TV show. That's what this is. This is a this is a TV show, baby. Uh, thanks to Brian Mall being with us. Enjoyed having uh, him. We're going to have Dave Parker tomorrow, the big leaguer. That's big. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. He's got a book. We'll talk all about that. Talk about those great Pittsburgh teams of the uh, '70s that won World Series. Uh, ben, great job as always. Intern Joe Casey, nice job as well. Pink shorts. Not looking at his shorts. Not interested. We'll see you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. I